Hey everybody, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is DCI number 102. Today we're talking to Alex Fleming of NHN about Kill Me Again. Kill Me Again is a matching game mixed with a zombie apocalypse survival game where you are matching shotgun shells together in order to blast away the nasty, nasty zombies. It seems incredibly interesting, and to find out more about the game, you can head on over to darkstation.com. There you'll find links in the show notes for this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter, darkstation underscore com, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, or send us an email at podcast at darkstation.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now on with the show. Alex, thank you for joining us on the Darkcast tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you guys? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Brian? It's Wednesday. We're yep. hanging in there. <laughs> Two more days. Two more That's days. it. Um, well, Alex, we are here to talk about Kill Me Again, uh, but before we get into the game, let's talk a little bit about who you are. Who are uh, you? Okay. <laughs> uh, I am Alex, I am Associate PM for Kill Me Again, and also one of the marketing managers uh, for the office at uh, NHN USA. Nice. Uh, it's... Nice. Uh, it's two different titles, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what, what all is involved in that? Um, so in the PM role, uh, we kind of handle the day-to-day live operations of the game. Um, so because Kill Me Again right now is involved in its soft launch period, uh, we're only available in Canada, Australia, Ireland, Singapore, and Sweden. Um, okay. We're monitoring the game on a regular basis to just see, you know, how far users are getting, if they're experiencing any problems, uh, and what they need, uh, you know, just to make sure the economy is balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the PM role, and also uh, running any type of uh, live operations and events. Um, so that's that section. And then for the marketing manager, um, just making sure that we're getting the number of users that we need uh, so that we can effectively determine you know, whether or not the things that we're running as a PM are actually working. Hmm. Uh, so if we have 40 users and 20 of them are having the same problem, uh, it's really not enough to determine whether or not that problem is uh, across the board going to happen when we have 10,000 users or something like that. Sure, for sure. Right. Okay. Very cool. Uh, any issues with uh, iOS 9 launching today? Uh, yeah, so we're, uh, we're currently testing it uh, right now. Uh, we haven't had any problems so far. Um, I'm knocking on a ton of wood, but I don't want to do it <laughs> right audibly because uh, it's a podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, so no problems so far. And, um, yeah, but it's something we're going to continually monitor and uh, something we're looking forward to, too, to have the uh, iPad Pro. I don't know if there are any pro Kill Me Again players going to come out, but uh, yeah, the game should look good on tablets and look good on that new iPhone 6S too. So. Nice. How much time do you guys get for that? Is that kind of like a, are you waiting at the same time that everybody else is going, okay, well, we got to start testing for that now. Yeah, we have no information. <laughs> um, unless we awesome. know. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the same thing is true for featuring, too. We find out the day of that our game got featured. So it's always uh, either pleasant or <laughs> wow, very Wow, really? Sick. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's always either very pleasant or very sad. Um, a real sink or swim kind of yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. deployment um, phase. Yeah, we always prefer to swim, so we always have take that into consideration. Um, but there's always, you know, the sinking uh, inevitability. Either could happen. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But, okay. yeah, to answer your question, we find out same time that everyone else does. That, that makes things fun, at least. Or uh, yeah. maybe not fun. Action-y? Not, uh, not boring. action go. I like that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I upgraded to today to iOS 9, and I stared at the keyboard for, like, five minutes trying to figure out what the hell was going on until I realized that now lowercase letters are actually lowercase on the keyboard. I couldn't figure <laughs> it out for, like, five minutes. I'm like, this looks weird. What's <laughs> wrong with my phone? Oh, right. lowercase. Gotcha. Yeah, that always seems to happen whenever there's a new update. Uh, do you even remember how to close apps before swiping up or down? Like, I yeah, yeah. Because I, I I used to basically work at an Apple type showroom, and I had to show people that constantly. Because it's like, why is my phone draining? And it's like, oh, you <laughs> right. you swipe up, and you know, to bring up the uh, the menu of of multiple things being open, and then you had to hold down on the app in the little taskbar to uh, mm-hmm. to delete it. It was awful. And yeah. then you realize, like, swiping up, it was like, oh, God, this is amazing. <laughs> How did we live without this <laughs> yeah, before exactly, that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's always fun uh, to Google the how to use my iPhone the day after one of those updates comes out. <laughs> Don't know what I'm doing wrong. I still haven't figured out the um, uh, having multiple apps open at one time, the... Not mirroring, but the split view. You have no idea how to do that. Oh wow, I don't even know what that is. Uh, another thing I gotta Google, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can have two screens at the same time. Pretty much. Interesting. Interesting. Like I said, I don't know how it works though. All right. I'm just going off what they said in you know the videos at the conference. So <laughs> anyway, anyway. Right. Uh, so so we talked about you know kind of what you do at the the studio. How did how did you get to this point though how did you get into to working with games um so uh i like uh, most other people have uh crazy stories about getting into the game industry Um, that's the norm is that there isn't one yeah right (laughs) um so i went to school for screenwriting um in boston uh and came to los angeles and as soon as i pretty much got off the plane uh realized that i wasn't gonna do that uh, not the kind of person to print out scripts and start handing them out to people uh, at parties or otherwise, just handing them out to cr- people along the streets. Um, so I started applying for jobs at game indus- at game companies because uh, I had the idea that you know as games started to get to be bigger uh, and more story driven, that there may need to be story writers. There need to be writers for the actual story itself. Um, and so I got a job at uh, SGN, um, which at the time was Mindjolt, um, and before that Hall Pass, uh, to do some content writing. So I was doing content management and content writing for a long time uh, and became a producer there. So for about three years I was there, and then after that came to NHN to be a associate PM. So now after going from... Uh, I originally doing girl dress-up games. Uh, I don't know if you have any idea what that is, but um, it's basically a screen, a scene, uh, and you pick the dresses that you want the girls to wear. 
I was doing that for about two and a half years. Uh, and then came to NHN where we're making these hardcore kind of mid-core uh, RPGs uh, on mobile games. So like games like Crusader's Quest, which is one of our more popular games, games like Drift Girls, which is the world's first mobile racing and dating sim, uh, The Soul, which was an action RPG, Help Me Jack, which is an action RPG, and now Kill Me Again and Guardian Stone coming out uh, later this year. Uh, crossing my fingers. <laughs> Wouldn't um, was it Drift Girls? You said, yeah, Drift Girls. Would wouldn't that be the first ever like ir- irrespective of mobile? Wouldn't that be the first ever racing and dating sim? Or is there a whole genre of racing and dating <laughs> sims that I'm see? I don't. I the only thing that I know with certainty is that it was the first mobile one because okay. uh, if you go down the rabbit hole of searching for dating sims, I don't know what you'll find. Um, I know that there are pigeon dating sims in there. Uh, there are also dinosaur dating sims in there, and uh, I didn't explore any further than that. So I can say with certainty that it is the first mobile racing and dating sim. All right, and just to clarify, are are the drivers dating or are the cars dating? See that, or are the drivers that. dating the cars? Ah, uh, there you go. There is that. Uh, I don't know if you call it a dating sim, um, but there is a guy dating a car dating sim that exists. But I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any racing involved in that one. Um, but this one is. There are a lot, a lot of weird guys and cars sims out there. That's yeah, yeah. That where it stands. Right. Yeah, we can probably leave it there. But um, this one is. Uh, yep. You date girls, and the happier the girls get, the faster you race, just like in real life. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So they give you this love inspiration bonus, and as a result of that, you can race and drift faster. Yep, that is that is how it works. I can attest to that. So that's good. That's good. It's also the I think it's the first realistic racing and dating sim. So that is that is excellent. <laughs> yeah, right. That's also true. <laughs> we can tag that onto the uh, the the marketing language too. Yeah, now, it cleaves um, so close to reality. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice, nice wordplay there, Brian. Good yeah. job. Um. So you said that you you went out to uh, to California. You guys based in California. Where where are you guys? Uh yeah. So um, that's actually a good segue. So uh, we have um this mobile racing and dating sim, and as you can probably guess, that is a very Asian game to make. <laughs> uh, we're actually headquartered in Korea. Um, our branch NHN USA that's publishing under the Toast brand is in Santa Monica. Okay. Yeah, so uh, the general process is that um, Korea will, uh, because we're a publisher, NHN Entertainment is a publisher mainly, uh, will publish a game in Korea and across Southeast Asia, and then the USA branch will localize it and bring it over to North America, South America, and Europe. So we're kind of uh, split evenly uh, across the, the world. Okay. Now, how long have you been at uh, NHN? Uh, I've been here since April 2014. Okay. So about a year and a half, maybe a year and some change. Gotcha. All right. Very cool. Well, w- without further ado, what what is Kill Me Again? Uh, so Kill Me Again is a action puzzle RPG. 
Uh, so instead of having a lot of match three games out there right now are kind of uh, turn-based RPGs, uh, where you make a move, you make a match, and that will trigger uh, the next turn in the series. Uh, Kill Me Again is a uh, action RPG, so there's main, there's much more um, free-form uh, puzzle matching going on. So there may be zombies coming at you uh, across the screen, but you'll be making these matches that will make your character uh, fire at them and shoot at them, so you have to kind of be quick to make these matches in order to kill these zombies before they kill you. That sounds hectic. <laughs> yeah, so... What we're it sounds to, hectic. Uh-huh. We're trying to, like, kind of uh, reinforce this kind of, like, frantic reloading your gun kind of feel, uh, and so I think we kind of nailed that because... Uh, as soon as the zombie grabs you, you need to make the particular match to kind of break out of their grab and their, their face-eating uh, animation that they go into. Now, watching the gameplay, the matching mechanic looks really different. Can you kind of walk us through what you're actually doing? Yeah, so uh, you can actually move any block, any distance, and it doesn't have to be a match. So you can set yourself up for a bigger match, like a five match, which will do more damage. You'll use your shotgun or your assault rifle. If you do a three match, you'll use your pistol. And if they're close enough to you, you'll use your melee weapon. So if you make more of these matches, you'll start to do chain skills. Uh, So the way that the actual movement works is if you take a piece and you move it in a direction, the piece that you're moving it into will replace it. So if you're looking at gameplay, what you'll see is that they'll move it across the map and they'll start to make these chain skills. They'll start to create these matches as they're moving their one piece around. Uh, and so that's the kind of thing that Kill Me Again, uh, one of the major features is this chain skills. So the more of these matches you have after you finish your move, you'll unleash this kind of devastating attack. And so um, we have some Let's Play videos that we've been sort of walking through, myself and Carlos, the community manager for Kill Me Again. Uh, and we, we uh, paid a, a guy in Korea, or I think it was Japan, but he's a Puzzles and Dragons pro. Uh, and he, we paid him to like sort of, sort of demo the game, and you'll see him make these like ridiculous 30-second uh, matches where he just fills the board with all of these uh, chain skills. It's pretty... He just sees everything 30, 45 seconds ahead every move, yeah. and it just, that's amazing. It's, a, it's crazy to watch, yeah. So uh, it becomes a, it's like, becomes a skill game after a while where if you start to make these chain skills on a regular basis, you're, you're going to crush it. You're going to kill zombies uh, like it's nobody's business. Nice. Very nice. So you mentioned that you've got several different weapons like pistols, assault rifle, shotgun. What what other kind of weapons do you have at your disposal? Uh, yeah, so uh, we actually right now we have three different classes, uh, and those three classes will share weapons. So a three-match will fire a pistol, a four-match will fire an assault rifle or a shotgun, depending on what you have equipped. Um, a four- and five-match will, will fire the assault rifle or shotgun. And then the three classes will have different melee weapons. So there's a hit woman that has a katana, sort of like a Michonne-style character from, like, The Walking Dead. Uh, the researcher has a medical kit, which she uses to bash faces with the zombie. And the advanced soldier has a door or a wall, depending on how far advanced you are in the game. So all of these weapons will sort of level up, and you'll be able to upgrade them and acquire more of these weapons. 
So the advanced soldier has like the most uh, ridiculous kind of like Capcom style silly zombie kind of weapon where he'll go from a car door as a weapon to a brick of concrete as a weapon to a bank vault door as a weapon. So uh, it'll get more and more ridiculous uh, the further you go in the game. <laughs> now, does he find this stuff or does he just randomly come up with it? So uh, you'll find it as a result of completing levels. Uh, okay. So, so the, he'll like you know stumble upon the vault door and like rip it down. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. Okay. That, yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> why are there zombies running around? What? What? Ha- like uh, watching the like kind of the cinematic thing. It goes from zero to blood, real yeah. quick. <laughs> right. Um, so without spoiling the storyline, because we're kind of priding ourselves on this trickle out of storyline as you continue to play the game. Okay. Uh, all three of these characters have their own version of the storyline, so as you play all three characters, you'll start to piece together the missing pieces of the other characters. Um, So without spoiling it too much, uh, basically there is uh, an outbreak that something caused, something caused this outbreak, and as a result to try to beat back this this outbreak to, to stay human, basically, Uh, these pills are being sold to the remaining people within this quarantined district. So as you explore more of the district, you explore more of uh, the storyline and and figure out where these pills are coming from, where the source of the outbreak is coming from, and start to understand more and more of what's happening. Okay. Yeah, so sorry I couldn't tell you exactly where, (laughs) but... uh, No, that's fine. If it's part of the story, if that's explained... Like, I, I, I love stuff that kind of like, that works its way in there. Mm-hmm. I think way too many people are, are, are willing to just say, oh, this is, you know, uh, you know, this is what happened. It was a government experiment. It was this, it was that. Very few actually take kind of the that Walking Dead-esque approach where it's like, hey, if we show you, it'll be later down the line. Right now, all you got to worry about is the fact that they're coming for you. Right. And uh, even in Walking Dead, I mean, they sort of give you clues as to where it's coming from, and you kind of can make your own inferences. So that's kind of the atmosphere that we wanted to cultivate with this game, too. Yeah, that works for me. Very nice. Um, now, Ed, in the, the gameplay, you were, you were mentioning the... the uh, sorry, my brain just completely escaped me. The chain combos and all that kind of stuff. How is all of that working together? Is that just bringing together the... Uh, the different weapons and different orders for different uses, or are you doing crazy moves like flipping over people and slicing their head off? What's what's happening in chain moves? Uh, yeah, so uh, actually when you uh, complete a chain combo or chain skill, you will activate a short uh, cinematic animation, uh, and you're right on. For the hit woman, you'll sort of do, depending on how difficult the chain skill is to pull off, so there are uh, a three and a four chain. There's uh, three four chains. There's a three 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 chain. Uh, there's a lot of variety there, and you'll unlock them as you progress. But uh, all three of those characters have different um, uh, basic chain skill attacks. So uh, the hit woman will basically do like a flurry of slashes. The researcher will throw down vials that will either explode with fire, or explode with ice, or explode with uh, poison. 
And then yeah, wait, the... wait, wait, po- poison and iron vice in a medical bag. I don't under what what kind of researcher is this? Uh, well, you'll find out <laughs> what kind of researcher she is uh, as you play the game. Um, but uh, uh, the advanced soldier too will do something like a defensive move, uh, and then when he gets hit, it'll trigger his chain skill. So depending on what kind of class they have, whether they're a healer, or a damage dealer, or a tank, uh, you'll basically do an appropriate move for each of those characters. Okay. Now, now you also mentioned having the uh, the assault rifle or the shotgun equipped. Is that something that you equip during a fight and can switch back and forth between? Is that something you're you're equipping outside of the kind of levels or? How, uh, yes. How is all the the weapon stuff working? So um, when you uh, equip your uh, when you equip your equipment, basically what'll happen is you'll do it before the level, and then once the level starts, you'll be stuck with that loadout. So you'll basically want to make sure that your equipment is completely upgraded before you go and head out into uh, zombie territory. Um, one of the things that you can do too in the game that uh, we're excited about is the multiplayer aspect. So you can bring in other mercenaries, other soldiers, other people's, your friends' characters, hmm. and, they, and they can help you defeat these zombie hordes and these zombie bosses. Um, so you'll basically have two characters that are helping you out or helping you complete all of these levels. So uh, that'll certainly make the game easier for those that can't make this frantic puzzle matching or are having a hard time with the chain skill combos. It'll give you some, some respite so you can try to figure that out. Okay. Now, are you actually playing with the other people, or are you just kind of importing their character and the, the stuff that their character has is, is helping you? Yeah, you're, uh, you're importing the character okay. information and all that stuff. Yeah, we don't have a synchronous multiplayer just yet. Uh, and the other thing is too that we uh, we just implemented in the last update uh, guild gameplay. So now there's a unbeatable boss uh, so that you can kill several times throughout uh, the three day period, and uh, you're basically going for ranking up against other guilds. So uh, right now my guild is in last place, unfortunately, but uh, there's a guild message board so you can try to do like a rallying cry for uh, for your guild. And in that version, too, you're going to have to have all three characters, because all three characters that you have equipped, that you have leveled up, will come with you to go fight some boss. Uh, and that actually, that gameplay is more turn-based gameplay. So you have to be more careful about where you're moving, and, and then your experience with creating chain skills will actually come uh, further into play once you're playing there. Okay, so you're not stuck to just, just uh, like, picking one character and kind of leveling that up. You can go between the, the different ones? Oh, yeah, anytime that you want to. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. Okay. Characters. Yeah. Yep. So how Are does there... that work? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, no, go for it, man. I was just going to say, how does that work as far as you kind of going out into the the zombie-infested area? Are, is, are the areas leveling, leveling up with your characters so if I level one guy up 10 levels or whatever and then I decide to start playing as somebody else am I going to start at the beginning or are they going to start where the other person is how how does that kind of yeah work? so basically because uh, the district is tied to a particular map and a particular level uh, when you start a new character you're going to start at the beginning because that character has a different storyline than the other one so you may not. You're not going to start at level one. We're going to bump you up to level five, so you can complete the first few levels a lot faster. Uh, and so that's kind of the feedback that we've been getting since we've been in soft launch. 
that starting at level one is kind of tiresome because you know how to play the game already. You don't want to go through the tutorial. Uh, so we bumped it up to level five so that you can get the first section of the storyline a lot faster and get to the point where your first character is. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Brian, yeah, and that, covered, that covers exactly... I was going to ask if there were any kind of gating mechanics as far as... As like you know, keeping them at the same level or needing one to be at a higher level to go into something. But if they they're both kind of following their own story paths and you're kind of just switching between those, uh, that 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 tends to work out a lot better. And I do like the fact that you're kind of bringing them up a little bit more because you do know how to play the game. You've already been through that, right? And so I mean, the benefit of having all three characters at around the same level, so switching between them on a regular basis is uh, you're going to collect a lot more loot doing that and a lot more loot that you can share between all of those three characters. So rather than have a character that's all the way up to District 7 or something, and then having two characters that are District 2, uh, you're not going to be able to share, really, resources as much as you would be the other way around. How does, a, how does, the, how does the loot work? Is it uh, something akin to, like, um, other games where they have, like, um, loot on kind of like a star system where they get, you know, you can kind of put them together to get better, or do are they just, like, assigned a set of stats and, and those get better as you level up? Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the equipment is assigned to stats based on what district it came from, um, but we actually developed a way that characters can take district uh, equipment and upgrade it to the point where it continues to get better with your character. So oh, you can okay. take District 2 equipment if you, particular, if you really like that gun because it's in a particular style, um, say like a German thin gun, thin barrel gun, or like a PP7 from GoldenEye days. Uh, you can upgrade that gun up to the point where you want to be. So you could take a District 2 gun and make it upgrade it to the point where it becomes a District 7 gun if if that's the kind of uh, cosmetic uh, thing that you're going for. But is, that, is, is there like a... Like, how does that happen? Do you have to, like, like just put money into it to do it? Um, are you collecting things to upgrade it? How does that, that particular system work? Yeah, so uh, you can either... Uh, collect upgrade kits as you play through the maps, uh, but you'll also be collecting other guns and other equipment as you continue to play. So not all of that equipment will be relevant to your character, so you'll be able to sacrifice that stuff to upgrade your main equipment. Oh, okay, so, excellent. Okay, so you can yeah. kind of feed feed things into... Right, you're breaking into it down into its components and building up your, your main equipment. Awesome, okay. So is that kind of the the crafting that's in the game is is dismantling other weapons to make the weapons you have better? Is that right. The, uh, there's that, uh, and then there's also we have a rune system too. So uh, basically, there's a uh, survivors that you're going to be rescuing throughout your gameplay, uh, and those will refresh every 24 hours. So after you rescue them, you'll win some runes that'll give you some additional passive bonus to your stats. So whether it's your attack speed increases by 10 percent or the damage it does increases by 8%, or your movement speed increases, or anything like that, uh, or evas evasion, that kind of thing, uh, you'll be able to socket it to a particular item, uh, and then that item will get that bonus. So mm -hmm. there's just an additional layer of uh, customization that you can have, uh, and just an additional layer of upgrading that each of your characters can have too. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Now, how... How are there runes in the post-apocalypse? <laughs> what, what, what kind of runes are these? Uh, 
they're basically like um, uh, uh, without, without spoiling anything. Um, yeah, I, I don't want you to spoil anything, but <laughs> that that usually seems like a, a fantasy kind of thing, and uh, it, we, uh, we got zombies going on here, so it may or may not get to that point at a certain okay. point in the in the gameplay. Yeah, and at a certain point in the levels, it may get to a point where there may be a crossover between fantasy and sci-fi. Interesting. Maybe. All right. Maybe. <laughs> Potentially. Potentially, it could, it could be something that happens. You can neither confirm or deny. Exactly. exactly. Right. I, <laughs> nice. Nice. That, you mentioned the the hostages, or not the hostages, but the the people that you're rescuing. So, what what kind of objectives do we have of, of going out into the, the the wasteland or the the districts? Um. So. Uh, each of these survivors um, will have their own personality and story. Um, the unfortunate limitation that we have is that it's the same survivors that keep getting lost. So uh, there may be a researcher that is in District 2 and 3, and that researcher may know something about District 2 and 3's boss, and he may help you out with that kind of information the more you rescue him, and you may get more runes as a result of rescuing this guy over and over again. Um, but uh, basically, there'll be missions where this rescue, this survivor might be, and going to that place and looking for him may have him actually turn up uh, at some point during your gameplay. Hmm. So there's a chance you'll get... You're kind of like rolling for the, the possibility of rescuing that person. So every 24 hours uh, the level uh, the three levels where he can be will split so once you complete those three levels then you'll actually get uh, the benefit of rescuing that character. Hmm. So once you've completed it uh, I think it's five well it depends on how what district that res- that survivor is from but you'll get an additional bonus once you've rescued them that amount of time uh, and that'll signal his story being complete. So you're never in danger of just continually, continually playing and not getting the. the no, message. no, yeah, it's not random. Sorry if I okay. gave you that impression. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Is there a level cap, or are you guys planning on constantly kind of adding stuff for the end game, or is that where the like the bigger three day bosses kind of come into play? Yeah. So uh, right currently, there's a level cap of forty six. Um, but we're constantly going to be adding on more levels. Uh, we have a District 10 coming out soon, uh, and we're just continually going to be adding more districts onto the map. Uh, and with that, we're going to have to keep bumping the level up. But, um, yeah, because we have this additional guild three-day boss kind of gameplay, we want to be able to uh, make it as fair as possible for everyone. Um, because we don't want to have someone at level 99 be able to one-hit kill an unkillable boss. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 46 is a real weird number to come to as a final. <laughs> so so when, when we launched, it was uh, District 9, and it was level 45. So we just happened to be at a cusp of being a weird number at this moment in time. District Nine, that's a good number to stop at though. Yeah. That's that's my favorite district. It's the one with the aliens. It may or may not have aliens. Alright. 
I, I appreciate the government-like response. <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> yeah, we can neither confirm nor deny the presence of <laughs> aliens. It's perfect. Uh, now, on on your website, there's um, there's a, a page that says "Who's Alive." Yes. Um, and and when you click on that, it loads just a whole bunch of notes that seem to be written by community members that are just kind of like fleshing out the universe. Yep. Yep. And I found myself like reading those for like twenty minutes last night. Cool. What? Where did that idea come from? How does all of that work? Do, do people just submit stuff and it goes through? Do you guys have to cull through it all? What? I guess first, where, where did that idea come from? Because it's, it's pretty uh, neat. Uh, yeah, um, uh, as a lover of post-apocalyptic games um, like Fallout and uh, and Last of Us, uh, that kind of thing, uh, I just love. Uh, and so when I was pitching the idea of creating that microsite, that pre-registration page, uh, that was something I really wanted to have because it's kind of my favorite part about games set in that time period, set in that that uh, bleak era. Um, and it's something that I wanted to be a part of because I love writing that kind of thing. Uh, and I figured that there was going to be a percentage of our, our, our gamers that also wanted to do it. So... Uh, that's where the idea came from and to answer your question of how it gets submitted uh, is either me writing it or it goes through a submission process and then I read it and if it's uh, good enough or weird enough or uh, I'm in the mood to say yes uh, it, gets, it, gets, it gets selected <laughs> nice because there are plenty of weird ones in there which I really liked because they tickled me <laughs> I think there's one about eating a dog, uh, and there's one about eating Lay's potato chips and having the bag be too loud that they got found out by zombies. There's there's a lot of good stuff in there. That's like the worst kind of food trap, (laughs) because you can't just eat one of those things, and and the crunch is horrendous. I mean, opening the bag, it's going to make a bunch of crinkly sounds, and yeah, nothing nothing is going to work out from there. Nope. But, awesome. but um, yeah, if uh, if I, you don't mind me plugging the website, um, it's, still, it. it's still going to be going on until September 24th. So if you want to pre-register for the game, uh, get some extra bonus gear uh, or some extra bonus resources for when the game starts, uh, you should please sign up. Uh, just put in your email address, uh, and then you'll get some extra stuff once the game launches globally. Uh, the other benefit is that um, because we're a Korean-based company, uh, we're going to give everybody uh, cat ear headphones that signs up. So you can start off with uh, some cat ear headphones. Because there, there may not be music in the post-apocalypse, but there's still fashion. So, <laughs> Yes, yes. True words, man. That's, uh... <laughs> now, talk, talk a little bit about the, the, the pre-sign up that you've guys got that you guys have going on and kind of the stuff that uh, might be unlocked um, and how all that works. Uh, sure, yeah. So uh, just the way that we have it is kind of the same as like a Kickstarter tier system. Uh, the more people that sign up, the more rewards we're going to give out. Um, so currently we have about 2,300 people signed up, and so the kind of things that are going to be unlocked are mostly resources. 
but once we get up to 5,000 signups, then they're going to get some bonus powerful weapon. Uh, and then at 10,000, they'll get a bonus accessory. And then we're going to give out a unique character outfit uh, at 15,000 signups, which is our maximum amount. Um, but uh, we're coming up on the end. So, uh, yeah, if you want to sign up, please, please do so now. Uh, and I've already gone through uh, my own email address book and signed up everyone I know. So, <laughs> it just isn't a bad strategy if you want if you want to get some bonus uh, bonus stuff. You do what you got to do. It's it's the post apocalypse. You got you got to you got to do what you can to survive. Indeed. Indeed. Well, uh, Brian, do you have any any more questions? No. Okay. No, no, I'm good. I'm 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 happy to uh to take on the post apocalypse uh post apocalyptic post apocalypse with my uh, cat ear headphones, um, <laughs> and I, I look forward to uh, uh, murdering many zombies in the face by dragging stuff around the screen. I think that sounds fantastic. Actually, really important awesome. question here: Do the cat headphones give you any sort of boost or? You know, do they help you in any way besides just making you look awesome? They certainly will help you in some way. How okay. they will help you, I'm not entirely certain, um, but uh, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> they won't just make you look catty. That's that's at least more than they. You can't I, confirm or deny whether yeah. or not the cat the right. ear yeah. headphones will. There exist. will be a positive. So there is there is some positive benefit, um, and I'm sure it's more than cosmetic. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, to end this, um, we kind of like to have a, or we have our own little personal questionnaire. All right. And uh, it's aimed more at you than at the, you know, at the studio or the game or anything. Uh, they, they are interesting questions, hopefully. Um, they will make you think a little bit, and so we will just get right to them. Um, first question, um, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Um, hmm... Uh, I am going to go with, uh, Commander Shepard, I think, because he, he is whoever you want him to be. Or she, or she is whoever you want him to be. Or her. <laughs> do, do you have a preference? Uh, or... I, I went with, uh, generic, and I went with, uh, as close to however I thought generic Shepard would go. So I went middle-of-the-road middle comical every time. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. So, so Fair enough, I, that is it. Yeah, so uh, my snark ended up with a lot of people not really being great friends with me, but Garrus liked me, and that's all I cared about. That's, that's all that really matters. Yeah, Fair really enough. <laughs> uh, second question, flipping the coin. Who's your favorite antagonist? Uh, I was actually thinking about this today. It's uh, John Irenicus from Baldur's Gate 2. Very nice. Okay. Yeah, the best quotes and the best voice acting of any villain I've ever seen, or will that dude, see. That dude totally had a great voice. He, he killed it. Yeah. Every time he popped up in one of those like crazy dream sequences, um, it was always it was always chilling. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Great choice. Great choice. Uh, question number three. Moving right along. Um, is there any uh, trend in video games today that you'd like to see? Um, kind of continue or proliferate uh, get bigger um, than it is right now um, yeah I'd like to see more uh, 
more living room style games uh, outside of the Wii. Um, and Rocket League kind of nailed it, in my opinion. Uh, it really brought a lot more people back to living room more than being online. Uh, and um, I know that Apple TV is supposed to do something like that, or that's their goal, but um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, that certainly is kind of up in the air. Yeah. It's like they took a certain step towards the game, and then at the same time they're like, "Yeah, but you know, don't put too much, don't don't put too much into it." <laughs> right, right, yeah. In a very like, Appleish way. We're excited to see what people will do, but also we could care either way. Yes. Yeah. yeah we're very excited to see what people can do with what I want to say it was. Is it like it's like eighty megabytes? Right. Yeah. It's, so, it's something ridiculous. <laughs> some, some ridiculously small size that you could do for those for the apps mm-hmm. and it's like there's stuff on my phone that's that's well done right now what are you doing Apple? but they've always been silly like that so you know we'll see what happens it's it's apple yeah right right oh uh, yeah uh fourth question um is there any kind of trend or trope um that you'd like to see go away completely uh hmm interesting um hmm Hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. It's staring me right in the face. Um, I'd like to see uh, armor on women. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> That's a real good thing. Yeah. Uh, I just noticed. I was trying to find something to look at, and it was staring right at me. Um, yeah. Uh, always good to be well protected. I think it is. Yeah. It is. But you know, I I have to give Kill Me Again credit because the the guy is not well protected really either. No, he should not go in the zombie apocalypse without a shirt. Yeah, also also makes an equally equally bad choice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think we I think we skirted the issue by supplying both um, because unfortunately uh, we still have to cater to players, and if they want sexier uh, shirtless men, I mean we have to give it to them. You know. <laughs> we do them a service, and that's, totally. uh, that's the service we provide. <laughs> yes, it's a good one. Yeah, I'm just nodding my head over and over again. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, next question. Um, you know, you're you're already um, uh, living a dream. Um, you know, making games, killing zombies, moving stuff, mm-hmm. um, taking names. Chewing bubblegum, all that, all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> right. Is there any other um, kind of dream profession um, that you have that you would have in the wings if you had no restrictions or, or or just a chance to do whatever you wanted? And an infinite amount of money, you mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I'll uh, I'll throw a shout out to a local company here uh, that's uh, called Game House in Atwater Village. It's a coffee shop board game. Uh, little venue, oh. and it's fantastic. Yeah, it, relaxing all day, drinking coffee, and playing board games—that sounds like the life. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, a man of leisure. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. I can I can appreciate that that so, choice of profession. No, no profession. Quick question: Would you would you be running a coffee shop board game type place, or would you just be the main inhabitants of a coffee shop 
Oh, I thought you were asking <laughs> occupation. I, could I could I choose to be just someone that lurks around? Uh, totally. I, I don't respect oh. that. If your occupation was patron, oh. I I could totally respect that. I see. Okay, so maybe stowaway on a spaceship might be cooler than. <laughs> Certainly up there. <laughs> Do you get more answers that go in that direction? Uh, I mean, we've had a few interesting ones. I don't know yeah. if we've had an astronaut yet. I think we might have had like one or two. Oh, well, now um, I feel bad because I gave two answers. No, 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 no. Yeah, don't, don't even worry about that. That's fine. We don't, we don't knock you off for that. I think one of my favorites was a professional beer taster or something like that. Beer, we, the beer taster. I liked the yeah. one who wanted to do the rap album. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ah, interesting. Okay. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> is is beer taster something like in the same way that sommelier is something? I hope so. Yes. Yeah. I hope kind so. of. Uh, I, well, I know even if it's not, um, at least one of the one of the doctors from Bioware is going around making those documentaries. Oh, on that's right. Beer yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So if it wasn't, it is now. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, what are you going to tell those guys? <laughs> right. right. Uh, uh, second penultimate question. Second to okay. last. Um, if you could go back and play any game for the first time with a, kind of a new set of eyes, just kind of experience it again, um, what would it be? Mm. Interesting. Uh, I think it would be because I've played it a million times. I think it would be old Oregon Trail. Mm. For really? Windows 95. Because when I was a kid, I don't think I appreciated the getting dysentery and dying as much as I do now. Uh, and also, every time I forded the river, uh, I always screwed up and I always drowned. Now that I've played and you think it, now you can get that right? Yeah, and now that I've played it a million times, I know not to sh waste all of my bullets killing thousands and thousands of pounds of buffalo. I know that yeah. that's a waste. You know, I feel like I could really do it. Really, like it could do a hundred percent perfect run now. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, nobody has ever said Oregon Trail before. <laughs> that is that is fantastic. Last last question. Um, at the end of our lives, uh, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and Toad stands before us with the Book of Our Deeds, what would you like him to say to you before he lets you in? Uh, the princess is in this castle. Nice. I like it. Nice. Flipping the script. Mm -hmm. Your prize is here. Yes, right. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. Well, that's, that's it. We've reached the end. Um, I don't have any prizes for you beyond respect for, for your myriad of great answers. Um, Jonathan, if you would, uh, kindly take us home. All right, well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us and talking about Kill Me Again. If you could send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about the game. Uh, yeah, perfect. Uh, you can go to playkillmeagain.com. Uh, that's the pre-registration page. Or you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. It's Facebook uh, slash Play Kill Me Again or Twitter slash Play Kill Me Again. Cool. Either way, Play Kill Me Again. Play Kill Me Again is the answer. That's right. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, and uh, good luck as you guys kind of, you know, finish up with the, the soft launch and, and go into the uh, 
the, the full one. Yeah, great. Thanks so much for the interview, guys. Thanks so much for your time.